welcome to another episode of Wolf Disney. I'm Sarah. And I'm Natalie. And we are Wolf Disney. Every week we take a journey through the Disney catalog, movie by movie, and discuss our reactions, our research, and our something else that begins with an R for alliteration purposes. Response. Um, response. Um, this week we're doing, speaking of alliteration, Toby Tyler. Or the other R could have been rating. Oh, yeah. Or rating. Ranking. Ranking. Um, this week is Toby Tyler. Just kidding. We have something else to bring forward to Disney+. Plus. Yes. Uh, <laughs> two <laughs> last, in a row. Yeah. Last week, we were all, like, all about there not having a um, start from the beginning function. And this week, we're wondering where Toby Tyler is on their collection. We could not find it. It is not on there. Um, I talked to mom. I'm pretty sure it's about a circus. Like little boy runs away to the circus or something. Um, I remember liking it a lot. Um, the picture but, preview had a monkey and him on it. So yeah. we oh, probably would have liked it. I think his name was like Mr. Tubbs or something. Okay. I really do. I think I'm remembering that. <sighs> I'm really bummed we didn't get to watch that. Yeah. If anybody has Toby Tyler and they want to let us borrow it. Like we'll together over Thanksgiving. Yeah. You can mail it to us like Netflix used to be, and we'll mail it back. To be clear, it's like totally on Amazon and we could have rented it, but what? Yeah. I didn't well maybe we'll do that when you're here in Virginia. That'll be one of our wild and crazy nights. Well, maybe we can. So instead of Toby Tyler, <laughs> we watched Pollyanna, which would have been the next movie in our series anyways. So for those of you that are ready to hear about a Toby Tyler episode, sorry, uh, this week we're doing Pollyanna. Natalie, do you have anything to add to the intro um, I just did that was really professional and great? Um... I think we briefly mentioned Pollyanna in last week's episode, the fact that both of us, I'm actually not positive I've seen it. Sarah's seen it and liked it. I don't know. Some of it seemed familiar. I could definitely see it just like being on like on a Sunday afternoon in grandmommy's house um, to like- I'm pretty sure she had it. Like kill the time while they all napped. Um, so yeah. I don't have an icebreaker. I do. Okay. Natalie, can you- um, name all 800 of the happy texts. Um, on, do you have them on post-it notes on the wall in front of you? No, I was kind of seeing if I had a Bible nearby. Oh yeah. Um, but I mean, there have to like at least eight Bibles in this room right now, but I just, you know, um, um, I'm not sure where mine is either. I'm in my office. I think I took it to work. Mm -hmm. um, there's a lot in the Psalms. We could, yeah, we could have had a happy off to see who could list like, like the categories game. Um, like categories. Yes. The category yeah. is. Yes. Happy texts. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Although I bet a lot of them are the same, just a different chapter or verse in the Bible. Yeah. A lot of them are like rejoice in the Lord. Mm -hmm. And again, I say rejoice. Yeah. Happy are those whose rest is in the Lord or whatever. Yeah. Trust yeah. us in the Lord, not rest. Well, uh, maybe both. Um, yeah, that was my... That was your icebreaker. I, I mean, it's kind of a joke of an icebreaker, if you can't tell. Mm. Um, um, okay, here's um, a quiz. It's only seven questions long. Everybody will take it. Both of us will take it. Okay. Um, of which character from Pollyanna are you? Okay. I already know mine, but I'm about to text it to you. Right. Oh, this is based on the book. Yeah. But I did do research on the book and the plot is almost exactly the same. So good news. It's only seven questions. Yeah, it's much better than, you know, some of <laughs> you've made us do. Okay, I'm done. Okay. I'll go first. Yeah. I got Mr. Pendleton. I did too, oh. but it's, it's 
Pendergast in the movie. Okay. Yeah. Um, he is the like old man hermit. He's the character in the movie that a lot of movies have where the kids have like a myth. He's like a uh, he eats children and stores them in his basement. Right. He's like this mysterious guy and they like trespass on his property. Um, but in the end, he got a heart of gold. Yeah. In the end, Pollyanna gets through to him somehow. Um, and he turns into like a really good guy and he was good all along. Um, do you want to read the description? Sure. You are a complicated person on the outside. You can be a mean person, but on the inside, a whole different is a whole different you. Some of your friends can bring the soft side out for the better. You can have a hard time with trust and socializing. Ain't that the truth? You can also be a hermit and stay locked in your house or bedroom all day. Also true. Through your years, you will learn that being nice isn't bad. A little extreme, but... A little extreme. I mean, it's not that I... I don't think I, um, on the outside, I come across as mean, but I definitely... Um, I have a hard time socializing. Uh, and, and then I'm just awkward. I'm not just mean. I just don't, I don't know what to say to people. I think I just come across as like cold and like um, not very emotional outwardly. Yeah, I would say that's true for you. Well, it's kind of scary for people, I think, to encounter sometimes. Anyway, now the psyche valve is done for the, this episode. <laughs> um, should I do like some background? Sure. Pollyanna. It's a Disney movie. Good start. It came out in 1960. Um, it is based on a book, which you're going to tell us more about? A little bit, about, yeah. What? A little bit, yeah. A little bit? Okay. Um, actually, why don't you start? Because really a lot of what I have to say is about the cast. Alrighty. So Pollyanna stars Haley Mills, who will be um, in six Disney films. Um, I recognize her from the original Parent Trap. Yeah. What else do you know about this gal? Yeah, Haley Mills. Um, yeah, she. Um, so Haley Mills is a uh, a British actress. Um, her father was an actor also, and um, she was kind of discovered. I don't know if that is really like the right thing to say. Um, but uh, when her father's t television show that he was on, they needed somebody, I think, to play his son. And the director saw her and was like, well, why doesn't your daughter just play your daughter? You know, like, we'll change, <laughs> we'll change the character to be female. And so she does, and that's kind of how she gets discovered. Um, when she did Pollyanna, she won a juvenile Oscar for her performance, which is, um, I think, uh, Shirley Temple won one also at some point. Um, this is the last juvenile Oscar to ever be given out. Um, yes, ma'am. Yeah. Shirley Temple won the first juvenile Oscar and Judy Garland also won it for Wizard of Oz. Nice. Um, they were only given out like 12 times in the span of 26 years um, until something happened and they realized that, I don't know, they stopped doing it and the <laughs> kids became in the running for yeah. regular Oscars. Yeah. Okay. Um, she, she couldn't be there to accept her Oscar, her juvenile Oscar. So Annette Funicello, from last week's movie, accepted it on her behalf, um, which reminded me of the Friends episode when Joey is nominated for a soap opera award mm -hmm. and um, and he loses but accepts on, on behalf of somebody else. And mm -hmm. so I was like, what if Annette Funicello was like, Haley Mills couldn't be here today, but if she were, she'd want to thank my parents. <laughs> um, but I don't, uh, she was probably way more professional than Joey Tribbiani was. Oh, um, so, so she, yeah, she was pretty successful in, um, in the Disney series, you know, the parent trap is coming up soon for us, which I'm excited about. Mm -hmm. Um, and then she kind of petered out after a while. She did some stage stuff. Um, 
she got married, she got divorced, she had a kid. Um, but the other place that I know her from is from a television show called Good Morning, Miss Bliss, which was a Disney show, but it was also the first, it was like the, the first uh, iteration of Saved by the Bell. Hmm. So the show was about Miss Bliss, who was, a, who was a teacher, and her students, which were Zach Morris, A.C. Slater, um, the same characters. There were a couple of different characters in that show that were not in the, um, the main, the major one that came out, and vice versa. Like, there's some in the major one that were not in this one. Are this the same actors? Yeah. For some of them, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. So I remember watching that on like TBS in the afternoons every now and then they would show that instead of Save by the Bell because Save by the Bell was on for like two hours every afternoon and you know I watched it um and so every now and then they would go through the Miss Bliss episodes which I always thought there was a whole bunch of them but it turns out there were only 13 episodes of that show that were that was made Uh, (laughs) um but I I distinctly remember that um and I think I also what was she the teacher yeah, she was a teacher because this was the nineties, so she was like in her fifties. Yeah. Um, like I think I remember watching it and like looking at the credits one day and seeing like it said Haley Mills, and I was like, "That's the name of the girl from Pollyanna and like the, the Parent Trap." Um, and this was before the internet, and so that I was just like, "Guess we'll never know." I wish there was an internet movie database in which I could <laughs> look this information up. Um, but yeah, she did that. Uh, some interesting facts about her are that she was diagnosed with breast cancer, like in 1998, I think, or somewhere around there, maybe 2008. Um, and eight was definitely involved in the number. (laughs) Um, but she had really adverse reactions to, um, adverse reactions to, uh, chemo. So she she had to stop taking chemo. But she's, um, I think it was 2008, because I think in an interview in 2012, she said that she was cancer-free because of, like, alternative uh, um, medicine. Inter- medicine intervention that she had to use instead of chemo, um, and that they worked for her. So, hmm. it's interesting. Um, she's, still, she's still alive? She's still alive, yep. And she has a pet giraffe named Morris. Be quiet. <laughs> just seeing if you're paying attention that's Haley Mills cool oh she also uh you know the let's get together yeah yeah, yeah song from parent trap uh-huh. that uh was very popular on the on the on the radio and I think hit like number eight on the billboard top 100s at one point she sang it yeah that's her singing she's like duetting with herself cool thank you um yep. <laughs> she was also in that darn cat oh was she yeah so was christina ricci in the remake in the 90s no oh. well um pollyanna did have a uh pretty famous cast for considering the movies we've watched already from disney um in fact, I think I read a quote that the writer, um, something Swift, David Swift, maybe. That seems likely. Uh, David Swift. I think the writer, David Swift, was um, uh, intimidated by the names of this cast. Um, so there's Haley Mills, who this is her first, her debut, so she's not actually like, a big deal yet. Who cares? Um, there's James Drury. Drury. Drury, James Drury. Are you listening? Yeah, I'm looking it up on IMDb while you're talking. There's James Drury, who is the Virginian. Oh, dad's gonna love that. Uh-huh. Um, he plays George, who's Nancy's boyfriend. Oh, okay. Um, there's Jane Wyman, mm-hmm. uh, who plays Aunt Polly, and she was the first wife of Ronald Reagan. She did a lot of other stuff, um, but that's the thing I recognized. Um, and then we have our return of Kevin Corcoran, who played Moochie in The Shaggy Dog and uh, the kid in Old Yeller, the little mm-hmm. kid in Old Yeller. Um, Agnes Moorhead, who plays Mrs. Snow, 
Uh, yeah, she was familiar. She plays Endora and in Bewitched. Ah, yes, you're correct. I see that now. And then Retta Shaw, who I saw and immediately was like, oh, I know her. Um, is oh, for Mary Poppins, right? Is, yeah, she's in Mary Poppins as well. Um, also, yes, and and the other maid, do you know what she was in? No. She was in Green Acres. Oh, the one who like was kind of cold. Um, part of the, the construction duo, Ralph and, and Alf or whatever. Oh, it's raining. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, I recognized her pretty immediately. And, um, uh, yeah, from Green Acres. <laughs> cool. Um, are you going to be able to podcast when it's raining? It's really coming down. I just like my new office. I can hear the rain. Okay. Can you uh, hear it? No, we don't want to hear it. This is a podcast. Um, so the writer, so David Swift's the writer. Um, he's the one who um, adapted it. Nope, he's not the writer. He's a director. <laughs> it's the same thing in my head. Um, he is the director, and um, but he was the lead of the people who um, adapted it from the book to the movie for Disney. Um, and he uh seems to really hate the book hate Pollyanna's character um he was known to begin every work day working on a horror play before working on Pollyanna to balance out the saccharine nature yeah um he has a quote he's quoted to say in the book Pollyanna was so filled with happiness and light that I wanted to kick her um which I was just I was happy to read that because I mean, it really sounds like she's worse in the book than she is, oh, really? more unbearable in the book than she is in the movie. Um, and she was pretty unbearable for me in the movie. Um, and so it's good to hear that even the director was just not a fan of this character. Um, but yeah, that's my uh, background research. Uh, it wasn't as uh, successful as they were hoping. Hmm. Um, like only made half of what they were expecting when it came out um there had also been like Pollyanna that had already been made into a movie a few times before this because the movie is like I mean the book is like 1920 or something no it's like it's 1913 okay but the 1920 version starring Mary Pickford right. made like 14 million dollars in 1920 money right um yeah so uh, I think some critics think that like this just wasn't the right time for this character to come back um, into um, like American homes essentially. Like, I think people were just very kind of turned off by Pollyanna and her character. Um, Disney believed that the movie uh, appealed more toward women and girls and like that no men would want to see it because of who she is which is lame yeah um the adventure boys got you know a full audience um and Pollyanna didn't but anyway uh, that's all I have interesting um so the book came out in 1913 and it was written by Eleanor Porter um and she wrote this book <laughs> yeah yeah um it was very popular and so she turned it into an entire series kind of I mean she wrote this the sequel which was Pollyanna Grows Up which could go either way I think um but then uh she does die pretty young um and and so actually other writers finished the series there are 11 more sequels after that mostly written by Elizabeth Borton or Harriet Loomis Smith and Harriet Lewis Smith was um, the first black teacher in Boston public schools. Hmm. So I thought that was interesting that she was writing this Pollyanna book. Um, so yeah, there were a whole bunch of books that came after that. A couple of movies. Um, the um, 1960 movie that we watched um, says it was a major hit. Um, but uh, that it was not faithful to the novel, as faithful as the um, 1920 
version. Um, but one of the biggest one of the biggest differences was Pollyanna's accident. So in the movie, she falls out of a tree after sneaking out um, to go to the bazaar, um, and in the book, she gets hit by a car. Um, but I mean, I get that that is a very different kind of accident. But it's still the book still ends with um, Aunt Polly marrying the doctor and um, Pollyanna going away for her surgery so that she can walk again. So like I don't know if it's like that big of a difference. Um, but some other differences are that in the book, Aunt Polly's heart is, is not nearly as, uh, ruthless or controlling of the town and, and its people. Um, so that, that's kind of been exaggerated, it sounds like. But I mean, I thought from the synopsis that I read, I thought it sounded pretty similar. I mean, um, because, I mean, this is just Wikipedia, but. The title character is an 11 year old orphan who goes to live with her wealthy but stern and cold spinster aunt. Um, Pollyanna's philosophy on life centers on what she calls the glad game. She's an optimist. Her father was a minister. Um, that has the whole thing about her wanting a doll, but she gets crutches instead. Um, so I feel like there's, um, yeah, and it talks about when Aunt Polly puts her in a stuffy attic room without carpets or pictures, she exults in the beautiful view from the high window, which, you know, we start to see, we see some of those exact same um, scenes yeah. in the movie. So yeah. I don't know that it's that different, but, you know, I mean, <laughs> also it's Wikipedia. So it could be that a like diehard book fan right. wrote the movie <laughs> section on that Wikipedia page. Yeah. Yeah. I read the, um, John Swift, the director, um, chose to change the accident he thought he thought it was too like coincidental um for the movie so he changed it to the window scene what does that mean too coincidental i don't know i don't like, know i don't i just understand like it's just a coincidence you know you'll have to ask him maybe she was like i love cars I'll never be afraid of cars. <laughs> she runs out in the street and gets hit by a car. That's a crazy coincidence. Yeah. Or on her way to go buy a car, she got hit by a car. Sure. On her way to go, um, now I think I'm getting into irony. Mm -hmm. Anyways, mm -hmm. eh, I don't know about that. Um, you mentioned um, the GLAD game, which is what Pollyanna is known for. Um, I um, read a few essays about this movie and kind of the book, I guess, um, and its impact on um, Americans. Um, so Pollyanna plays the glad game and she teaches um, people around her to play it, which is essentially just um, whenever, in any circumstance, you look for something to be glad about. Um, some could call it optimism. I call it a little reckless. Um, but so, um, maybe not reckless, but frustrating as heck. Yeah. Like sometimes you just want to be like, Hey, this sucks. You know? Yeah. Um, so, um, this glad game situation, um, seemed to like, Based on the essays I read, it seemed to have gone over well with Americans um, from the book, from the book's release uh, in the early 1900s. Um, so much so that you can find like pictures of these buttons that were made that say, join the Pollyanna Club and be glad. Um, there were glad clubs, um, including a group of inmates who were the glad kids. Um, like and not these weren't just kids like these were they were adults they were inmates ranging from like 19 to like 60 something um there was a long-running board game by the parker brothers um called the pollyanna board game or the glad game which i looked up and <clears throat> i don't really know if it's actually i don't know if it's just like the pictures on it are of pollyanna like i don't know if it has to do with optimism um, the description I read says that it's just like another version of Parcheesi. Uh, hmm. But anyway, 
you would have to play you you would want to play that game like after playing monopoly or something maybe yeah yeah Yeah. um after quitting monopoly they should have like bundled those together sure um um and one of the essays i read um found a quote in 1947 by um in some article of somebody saying like that this um, viewpoint of um, or this attitude of optimism um, seems to like not be acceptable anymore in American society. Um, and uh, Eleanor H. Porter, the author, I think also got just like a lot of negative feedback for um, creating this character and creating this um theme of optimism uh and so here it's it's like blind optimism like you're just yeah you know it's like i can see where it would be helpful i mean you know there were times when i would go we'd take the kids to um dc every year when i was a teacher like one year it was so hot and this, these girls kept complaining. And I was like, hey, like when you complain, does it make you cooler? It doesn't. It just reminds us of how hot and miserable we all are. But like maybe the glad game would have been a good thing if they weren't. I mean, they probably would have like hit me if I suggested it. But like, but there are other circumstances like that you're like, maybe we should just be honest about how the situation is happening. Or like, I also just wonder if it encourages like, um, irresponsibility in some ways of like, you know, well, things are really bad, but at least this, and it's like, well, no, you can actually do things to improve right. your situation. Yeah. So maybe you should be focusing on that. Yeah. I mean, I think we, I've mentioned this probably in this podcast before, because I mention it pretty regularly whenever I'm faced with adversity in life um, is that I think I unknowingly played the glad game throughout like marching band and high school um i was truly probably never super happy on the practice field um but we convinced ourselves that we were having fun um mm-hmm. and it became enjoyable um so it's kind of a, a survival or like yeah survival technique almost um which like this is also a, a new orphan um girl who which like sure if that's helping her adjust to her new life and like just let her do it um and it's clearly connected to like her dad as well right Um, let's connect to her memory of how she grew up um but um eleanor h porter said in an interview i have never believed that we ought to deny discomfort and pain and evil i have merely thought that it was far better to greet the unknown with a cheer which i can get behind Mm -hmm. um it's also possible that the book um, was better received um, in other countries, especially in Europe than in the United States. Um, in, in any of your research, did you did you come across like what was going on in the United States versus the world during these times? Like in 1913, I think like the United States is starting to get into like the isolationism, I think, or, or I should look that up before I sound stupid. Um, oh no, that was in the 20s, just kidding. Like the American mentality of pull yourself up by your bootstraps um, and let's ignore the bad things that are going on and just just be happy. Yeah. Um, and then in 1944, like they're towards the end of World War II, you know, there's been a whole lot of that quote that you found from 1944. 1947. Mm. Just after World War after World War II. Yeah. Well, okay. Well then like, yeah. So all this is happening between the two world wars. World war one ended in 1918. But the, when did the book come out? 1913. No, like, sorry. The two world wars are in this. Are within. Yeah. Like they, yeah. 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 And in 1947, you would have seen by then, hopefully some of the images from Europe and seen you know, it's, it's not good if we just like try to find the good in everyone, like, which we should do, but like, we should really be involved in trying to 
understand what makes people tick. Yeah. Um, like Hitler's rise should never have happened. We should have been involved. We should have said, this is not okay. I don't know. I think I'm just going off now. Forget it. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, I think there's, I haven't quite like fleshed out in my mind. There's also something about the, at least the movie and I'm assuming the book, like the obvious connection of religion to this optimism versus like um, fire and brimstone sermon style, Um, which I would say is just the minister (laughs) realizing that every congregation has a context um, and that's important in figuring out what your sermons should be. And this like, this man literally just like reads off a proverb about rejoicing and is like, y'all should go to the bazaar tonight. It'll be great. It's sunny outside. Go enjoy the sun. God gave you the sun. And everybody is just astonished. Um, and so I was yeah. like, okay, that's, <laughs> I have a lot of thoughts about the minister. <laughs> yeah. Um, and like had never crossed his mind that he could be encouraging for his, his flock. Um, which also, I mean, I imagine that's also just a, is, uh, yeah, it probably reflects um, a trend in preaching in the 20th century of um, preaching to a specific group of people versus just, yeah. Yeah, well, and I think also, if you're looking at his sermons, but comparing the two that we heard, <laughs> um, death comes unexpectedly Yeah, is, is the first one. Um, and then I don't even know what he titled the second one, but um, it's like the pendulum swung so far yeah. to like the Pollyanna kind of theology of like, just, just enjoy God's creation and everyone's happy. Both feel irresponsible. And so- Both are irresponsible. Yes. So at some point he's got to come back to the middle and be like, all right, the world is broken. It's still God's good world. Mm-hmm. And so let's find our, our space within it and what our role will be. Uh, but yeah, I feel like at the end of the movie, he's like, oh, I was so wrong. And I'm going to like live in this world, this theological world for a little bit. And I think, I think it's, it seems like he's starting to think critically about his preaching and that maybe soon he would come right back to the middle and be like, all right, how can I incorporate both? Because death does come unexpectedly. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was, it was that, you know, thinking back about like watching that movie as a kid, I don't think I thought at all about that minister. Like, <laughs> I think I was like, yeah, I would hate church too. Um, if my minister sounded like that. Um, but like the scene when he's just like kind of broken in that field, mm-hmm. my heart kind of broke for him. Like yeah. he, I mean, it did seem like he got into ministry for probably the right reasons. Mm -hmm. Um, He wasn't like just trying to, you know, have a free house, you know, like with the mans and stuff. Um, But that he realized how far he had gone astray from his original desire to be a minister and like listening to Aunt Polly all the time and like letting her dictate. Yeah. Oh man, that was crazy. Yeah. When I, when that happened, I was like, I cannot believe this man has been writing sermons mm-hmm. based on what, like, he's like running his sermons by this woman every week. Right. I can't, I can't imagine doing that. Um, yeah. Yeah. And realizing how, like, I don't think he realized how much sway he had in the community until that moment. Um, mm-hmm. Like the idea of a pastor, which I, I'm sure is the case for some like more rural um, I mean, I don't even know. I, yeah, maybe in a, I don't know. Anyway, um, at our church, you know, I mean, John has been there for like 25 years and he holds a lot of standing in the community, but like families will call John when it's time for somebody to maybe be mo- consider moving to like assisted living or something. They'll call him and be like, can you help our family have this conversation? Right. You know, I mean, though, I mean, there's like all kinds of stories of like them consulting him for different big decisions in life. Um, so they, I mean, they still, they still do look to ministers in that way in some ways. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm just imagining like what the equivalent of a pastor encouraging a church to like go to this bazaar would be in today's uh, context. Um, 
in Durham, it would be root for the Blue Devils or the Tar Heels. No, I think, okay. Because the bizarre, though, is to benefit the orphans. Right. So to me, it's like. in the church. We're in the church, right. So it's like, go to the crop walk. Right. Yeah. Like it's, yeah. it's not a church-affiliated program, but it does benefit somebody. So go to the crop walk. Right. We, we'll see us be there. That seems root for Duke, which probably has been said in our pulpit. Sure has. Um, anyway, so in our introductory episode of this podcast, we mentioned that we're both, um, uh, that I'm in seminary and Sarah's a pastor. Um, and so uh, here it is. That's, that's what you just got. Sorry, guys. Um, so I did find um, one person, I'm sure there's more than this, one person who found um, redemption for Pollyanna. Oh. Which, I, so I kind of, in the beginning, the first half of me watching Pollyanna, I was like, she's not even what I thought Pollyanna would be. She's just like rude and like, um, like almost like mischievous. Um the one that we watched? Yeah. Okay. Because she's just like, she doesn't know how to keep her mouth shut. She repeats some, I th- and I felt like whenever she, re- she would always repeat things that adults said to her, like in confidence without them, I guess, saying that that was, which I get kids have problems with those like boundaries and understanding what is like, like that stays at our family dinner table that doesn't get said at school. But I don't know the way she said it. I was like, she knows what she's doing by just yeah. like mentioning this thing that her aunt said to this pastor or whatever. Anyway, um, so Grace Isabel Colbrin um, in 1915, an issue of Bookman, um, said that Pollyanna is the supreme nonconformist. She argues that it takes skillful, it takes a skillful reader to recognize that Pollyanna is not all the bubble-headed gladness she seems, but instead one of the most cunning tricksters to appear in American children's books since Tom Sawyer persuaded his friends to whitewash the fence. When she speaks to the missionary society and assumes it will support a neighborhood orphan rather than spend money in other ways to look good on the national report, when she expresses gladness for the shabby room she has been given and thereby shames her aunt into giving her more reasonable accommodations. In these and a hundred other ways, Pollyanna engages in what the contemporary American critic Ihab Hassan has called radical innocence. I like that. Yeah, so that's that's um, what I could find on the impact of mostly the book Pollyanna um, on um, American culture and outlook i liked the redeeming thing mm-hmm. yeah that was real good i guess want to talk about the movie i didn't take a whole lot of notes either um but did you did you catch the unnecessary child nudity at the beginning of the movie i said nudity at zero zero colon zero one <laughs> Yeah, there's so for people who did not watch the movie, um, it starts with just a bunch of boys playing in the creek with one boy going off a like a rope swing or whatever and jumping into the creek. And he does not have a lick of clothing on his body. Um, and it he seemed older than he should be for us to be seeing that scene. Um, but it was just his bottom, it was not his butt, but like it was just to be clear. Yeah, it's not what I was expecting. Same. It didn't. Yeah, it didn't seem to at all correlate with. Like, it did not add to the movie at all. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Like, I still got the the like idea that it's a small town and yeah, whatever. It <laughs> wasn't New York City. I, I I got what they were trying to tell us. Right. Did you have a least favorite character? I don't know. Um, the the crotchety maid oh yeah the one from green acres yeah the green acres lady did you yeah i didn't really like aunt polly sure um yeah like i forget exactly what happened but towards the beginning um it really rubbed me the wrong way that like nancy is not allowed to have gentleman callers Mm-hmm. And it felt like this 
this way of like the 1% getting to dictate other people's happiness and, and um, it was more important for her to keep a good maid than it was for the, her maid to be happy. Yeah. Um, which really just annoyed me. And then when I saw her like consulting with the minister, I was like, I don't know, like this lady, like I can't, I cannot imagine ever even thinking that you were doing a good thing in doing that. Yeah. Like there are definitely ways that people mess up, but they had the best of intentions, but I'm like, there's no way you thought you were, this was the best intention. Like these people will appreciate hearing my non seminary trained (laughs) uh, personal opinions about how the town should be behaving. Like, Oh, I did not like her. I guess my other least favorite character would be um, the like funeral home, home man. Mr. Like Ung or yeah, something. Who is that this woman who's, I think just like a hypochondriac who thinks that she's dying, um, but it's not dying, um, but it's still like letting her pick out the satin she wants to lie in her coffin. Um, and Pollyanna keeps like trying to intervene and be like, just make a quilt. Like, <laughs> good um and the man is just like leave her alone let her be um and he's clearly just out for some money taking advantage of this woman who yeah is not on her deathbed yeah i i did not like him either i thought he was kind of the worst Mm -hmm. um yeah yeah i would say that those are probably my, my two least favorites on there um the bizarre mm-hmm. scene, um, so much food and like the biggest portions of food. Do you see the cake? Yeah. Well, yeah. Everything costs a penny. Um, and so there's a man who's like, watermelon slices, a penny, the best watermelon slices. And so I was like, okay, I guess, okay. Um, but it's a quarter of a watermelon basically um, is what they were eating and for one penny cake cake slices also they were cutting them in a kind of crazy way i've never seen somebody cut cake like that she um, had like a butcher's knife to cut cake yeah and then, yeah it was like like when dad cuts pie and he's like i'll cut the pie and we have to be like eight slices because if he got to choose he would pick he would cut it into six so we all had so that we all had giant slices and not all of us could have two pieces um but like yeah, these pieces, these slices made no sense. Yeah. They were huge, unnecessary. Yeah. Um, oh, also the flag scene. Yeah. Their costumes. Yeah. Were so weird. Yeah. They're, they were wearing like, um, like I don't even know what that material was. Um, uh, I would imagine it was kind of like the material that are like the the like um shiny blankets they put on marathon runners afterwards okay there's that but like cinched at the top to just be kind of like a armless poncho maybe situation Mm -hmm. i mean it looked like they were in giant like body bags yeah with no with like their heads exposed yeah they like hop into place as the american flag right and they kept being like, Pollyanna, put on your costume, put on your costume. And I was kind of excited. I was too. And I was like, she did not need extra time to put that on. Like, I do not blame her for stopping for some corn, stopping for the fish game. Yeah. I mean, it was also just not impressive at all. Like, I, yeah, I thought there'd be a play and it was just America the Beautiful or whatever. It's like, oh, it's a bummer. Yeah. I don't see how this is raising money, but okay well but that was the moment when you realized that like she was getting through to the town because they showed like they needed something for the whole crowd to like look around and be smiling it's exactly like you know what it is it's the scene from out where they all sing yeah and they have everybody who like has been annoyed by buddy and, oh yeah yeah um and everybody remembers buddy's message pollyanna maybe your elf is just a modern day pollyanna <laughs> I think it is. The best way to spread Christmas cheer is singing loud for all to hear. I feel like that I is... love singing. Singing is my favorite. Yeah. Huh. Wow. Kind of an orphan character. 
Definitely an orphan. He is an orphan. He is an orphanage in the beginning. Yeah, you're right. Um, he... Papa Elf is, like, always quoted. Yes. Oh, nice. Um, some people are really repulsed by him, and some people are intrigued intrigued and, and, and like, his his positive ways. Yeah. And, like, yeah. Interesting. Okay. So, um, stay tuned for our elf episode in a, in a few weeks. Cause that's definitely a Disney movie. Is it? No. Oh, sorry. I'm sorry. I thought you knew that was a joke. No, it's not a Disney movie. Um, there were a couple of scenes that did make me like tear up a little bit. I, I, yeah, I found myself getting very emotional, specifically at the very end when everybody comes to see her. Um, the moment when the crotchety maid cook. Oh, uh, that wasn't for me. Go ahead. Oh, she like leans in to like kiss her on the cheek. Like she like hesitates and is like trying to like stay stern. Yeah. Um, but she ends up like leaning in to kiss Pollyanna on the cheek. Um, yeah. For me, it was when the crotchety old man mm-hmm. announces that he's adopted, what was his name? Jimmy? Jimmy Bean. Jimmy Bean. Um, or when Jimmy Bean says, I'm adopted, yeah. and it's and it's the crotchety old man. I was like, oh, I love this so much. I mean, I could have seen it coming. I did kind of see it coming, but right. like, it makes me so happy. And yeah. then when she, gets, when she gets the doll at the bazaar. And it's like, the woman who tells her to, yeah. Yeah. And then, and then all of, all of, <laughs> when she falls on the tree and she breaks her legs or whatever, she's paralyzed and the townspeople are coming in with all of the gifts. And at first I was like, oh, like they're all going to bring her a doll. Cause I could see a lot of people carrying doll babies uh-huh. to like for her to have, I guess. Uh, but then I kept seeing puppies. <laughs> so many puppies. <laughs> like, you could hear them. This girl's paralyzed and you're giving her puppies. Yeah, when she's being held at the top of the stairs, everybody kind of goes quiet. And I don't know if they added this in or if it's, I mean, I think it might have just been like the puppy actors who were there just like whimpering and stuff. You can hear all this whimpering happening from the crowd. I didn't catch that. I might have to go back. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I watched this movie in two sittings. I definitely liked the second half better than the first half. I think the first half just went on for too long. Yeah. Um, and I just became annoyed with her, but it was worth it to like see the change in character for everybody. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, I loved the movie. Like I also watched it in two sittings, um, but I don't know, it just made me happy. There is a scene where Pollyanna um, shows- Kills the man. Sorry. There is a scene where Pollyanna is talking to the minister and she shows her locket that her dad gave her with a quote that he discovered from Abraham Lincoln. It's not an Abraham Lincoln quote. John Swift made it up for the movie. I think there was another version of it in the book, but it wasn't this. Okay. Um, I also had an issue with when the crowd does come to the house, the butler at first was annoying because he was inside and was like, they're ruining the flowers. But then you go outside and see them, and I'm like, they are ruining the flowers. Like, it's not that hard to stay on the grass or a big walk old, a huge driveway. Big old walkway. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'd be annoyed too. I think this is also our first movie with a real cliffhanger. Cliffhanger? Yeah. Like, does she, does she get better? Successful? I think that's implied. Mm. There isn't a sequel. Well, we never see her leave the hospital. But I mean, Turn. I, I guess that's true, Natalie. I mean, if Polly gets married, Aunt Polly gets married to this Johns Hopkins doctor. Oh, is he a doctor at Johns Hopkins? Did I miss that? I mean, he keeps referencing Baltimore and his medical whatever. So I'm assuming it's Johns Hopkins. Um, Never thought about that. Yeah, I wonder how that's going to work. Are they going to be like long distance? Well, he's originally from that town, so I think he's, yeah, I mean... town's named after her, or not her, her family, so. Anyway. Good question. Um, yeah. I don't think that's the biggest question of the cliffhanger, though. Like, Pollyanna 2. 
how do they make their marriage work? It's <laughs> yeah. Be Pollyanna too. Can she walk? Pollyanna to Girl in the City. Her in Baltimore. What's Baltimore's nickname? Does it have a nickname? Yeah, it does. Uh, the Oriole City. Yeah, because oh, it's 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 on all those benches. It's like Freedom City or something. Charms, Charm City, Charm City. <laughs> like like Bench City. No, every bench. Hold on. Oh no! Every every city bench says Baltimore, the greatest city in America. Okay, that's kind of a lame nickname. Okay, but their nickname is Charm City. Charm City. Yeah. Okay, Pollyanna too. She charms the city. City charmer. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. Um. Scary skill. Um, for me, the only scary moment was when you see her lying on the ground. And like, nobody does anything. Yeah, Aunt Polly's so calm about it. It was weird. Call the doctor. They all just stare at her for like three seconds, and then she has to tell somebody to call the doctor. Yeah. Nobody touches her. Nobody says anything to her. Nobody is like, are you responsive? <laughs> maybe the maids were like, maybe she wants her to be dead. <laughs> like... Yeah. Let Polly make this call. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I'd give it a, a 0.5. Yeah. It's a pretty easy movie to watch. Um, even, like, I think, like, the scary scene is probably supposed to be when they first go to the Mr. Oh, yeah. Vendergast. Vendergast's house. That's supposed to be scary, but I think, I mean, there are hints of, like, sarcasm in his voice. Um, he's like, oh, my basement's too full of kids right now, so I'll let you go this time. Yeah, I liked him a lot. He was, like, yeah. I think my favorite character. Yeah. Although when he sells all those crystals, it's weird. I was like, that's, like, those are expensive, I think. Like, they're, they're, like, I don't know. Anyways. Yeah, I would also say 0.5. It was not very scary at all. The scariest thing was the optimism. That's true. Or the pastor's first sermon. Oh, that was scary. I would think if you, if that was your first church experience, that would not be great. Yeah. Um, every week we pick our favorite movie of all the ones we've seen. Um, Currently, my favorite movie is the nope is Lady and the Tramp. <laughs> Sorry, I was running for the Fox and the Hound. Um, currently, my favorite movie is Lady and the Tramp, and Sarah's is Sleeping Beauty. Uh, yeah, I think so. Okay. Yeah, I don't think I picked the Shaggy Dog over I that. Think you did either. Um, so Sarah, what's it gonna be? Sleeping Beauty or uh, Pollyanna. <laughs> Literally, where episode is right now, Natalie? Um, you know what? Uh, I think it's gonna be Pollyanna. Wow, I really liked it. Like, I liked it a lot. So yeah. Oh yeah, uh, Natalie. How about you? Um, I'm sticking with Lady and the Tramp. Are you sure? Not Fox and the Hound. I'm gonna wait on Fox and the Hound. Yeah, it'll be a big shocker when Natalie changes her favorite movie. I mean, who knows? I don't really know what comes before that, so. What is next? Um, next is Swiss Family Robinson. Have you seen this before? No, I have not. Do you have any idea what it's about? I think they're, like, stranded on an island. I think you're right. I think they build a big treehouse. Oh. But are they Swiss? Or their last name is Swiss? What does Robinson mean? Oh, yeah, what? <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's a Swiss family. Robinson. Uh, 
Yeah, I guess I guess they are the Robertson Rob Robinson Rob Robinson Robinson family, and they are Swiss. It's a, that's an important element of the movie. So they're going to find their own ways to make uh, Swissness hot chocolate on the island. And, and they all have Swiss army knives, so they will okay. fare well. They build their little tree house with. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, they will um, Swiss, lots of Swiss chocolate. They're going to have good chocolate. And well... I'm looking at the theatrical poster for it right now. Oh, yeah? Its motto is, the greatest adventure story of them all. No, I'm not going to like this. Yeah. How long is it? It's over two hours long. Also, yeah, Pollyanna is very long. We also didn't mention that. It is really long, but it didn't feel as long as I can tell you Swiss Family Robinson is going to feel. Absolutely. Like, I think I'm going to have to do, like, 30-minute stents throughout the week (laughs) wow um yeah so we're excited about that um about the k family yes um shout out to Rhonda and callie um for offering (laughs) us to use their um disney plus accounts to kind of um come combat our anger at Disney plus for not having a start from the beginning feature. Um, so thanks for listening and thank you for trying to troubleshoot for us. Yes. Um, with the holiday season approaching and all of us being far apart and kind of isolated from each other, especially as a podcast community, um, Sarah and I are registered for the um, holiday hustle. The holiday hustle. Um, Run across America's holiday hustle, 50k challenge um, by New Year's Day. Um, so we've um, registered with our money that goes toward feeding America um, to do something for 50 kilometers. But I'm just saying you don't have to run by New Year's Day. Um, and we created a team called Running with the Wolves Disney. So if anybody wants to join us, um, you log your movement, um, whatever you're doing. You can, you can run it or walk it or hike, hike it. it. Or um, I was going to say mall walk, but probably don't do that. Um, stay, you know, do this. Okay. Do it, yeah, you know, bring a mask with you. Um, you don't have to wear it the whole time, but if you're on people, you should wear a mask, even, even if you're doing this. This is really going off course there, Natalie. I'm just trying to be responsible. It's raining again. I can't hear it. Okay. Anyway, um, so if you want to join us, send us an email at wolfdisneypodcast at gmail.com mm-hmm. and we'll send you the registration link. Um, so just a reminder that um, Run Across America wor- works towards um, giving money to America's food banks. So it's a great way to try to <laughs> ward off the holiday calories. Um, what? I just don't like that. Uh, okay. Narrative. It's a great way to be involved and be moving during this time. Um, and it goes towards a great cause. Yeah. Um Oh, sources? Sources. I used Wikipedia, um, an essay from 1987 that I found on medium.com, but is originally from the New York Times book review by Jerry Griswold called Pollyanna X Bubblehead. Um, I also used an essay titled uh, How We All Became Pollyannas and Why We, Sh- we Should Be Glad About It by Ruth Graham from The Atlantic. Sarah? I was using Wikipedia. I used Wikipedia and I used um, D23.com's Haley Mills um, article. And um, I also used my imagination. Cool. Thanks for that. 
I briefly looked at a website called uh, Pollyanna Rejoicing in the Promises, and it is a religious article talking about Pollyanna. Um, but I had to stop reading it because they only use the King James version and, um, they randomly capitalized words that did not need to be capitalized. And there was a lot of discussion, um, about the rapture mm. and, and I just <laughs> wasn't going to use that source, but I'm citing it now. Great. Thanks for that. Um, we also, our icebreaker came from proprofs, proprofs.com. It's a great website. Uh, maybe we'll post it on the Facebook page and people can tell us what character they got. Yeah. Because we both got the same one. Yeah. So it'd be cool to know what other characters are in this book. Um, I assume Pollyanna's in it. I would assume so. Um, but yeah. Thanks for listening. You can email us at wolfdisneypodcast at gmail.com and we're on social media at wolfdisneypod on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And now on Run Across America as Running with the Wolf's Disney. Yay! Oh! So we'll see you next week. Uh, yeah, with, um, with Stanley Robinson. You'll hear us next You'll week. You'll hear us next week with Swiss Family Robinson. This has been Wolf Disney. Thanks for listening. Our theme song is Lamb and Wolf by Poddington Bear. See you next week. Thank you.